Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. This week, the Texas Longhorns are off. So what do we do in an off week? We fill it with wild speculation and all kinds of um, crazy rabbit trails. And who better uh, to do that with us than Bruce Hooley? Uh, he is, you can hear him on uh, five to seven weekday afternoons on 98.9 The Answer in Columbus. He's also uh, got the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Um, and, you know, yes, that Spielman, Chris Spielman uh, at com. And Bruce, I've known you forever. And I love talking to you because you have covered the Ohio State Buckeyes for 33 years, and you do not pull any punches. Um, you you were absolutely on top of the Dr- Jim Tressel situation, and so much so that you even got let go uh, at the fan in Columbus because you you took on the the sweater vest. But um, hey. You're still there, baby. They come and go, but you are still there. Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I, uh, it's interesting uh, you mentioned the trestle thing is what I'm kind of famous for with some people, but you know that did bring them Urban Meyer, and the interesting part of the Urban Meyer thing is that they ended up doing with Urban what I said they should do with Tress when he got in trouble, which was just sit him down until you find out what the situation is. So maybe, uh, although I wouldn't get any credit for it, maybe Ohio State uh, took a page from my book of advice on that and uh they seem to be doing pretty well now that ryan day has succeeded urban well and bruce hooley uh mentions urban meyer and that is exactly why we are talking to bruce hooley on this uh off week uh flagship podcast interview and so bruce obviously urban meyer is a free agent Mm -hmm. and and we'll get into that but i tom herman is is struggling he is not only struggling on the field at two and two, but uh, as I reported at Horns twenty four seven this week, he's not followed through on the the protocols that the administration has wanted him uh, to make sure that his team is on the field for the playing of the school song, "The Eyes of Texas," which has been a bit of a touchstone uh, because uh, you know one hundred forty nine student organizations and um, the black student athletes on campus have said they would like that song replaced because of its racial overtones. And, and then it has not been, uh, you know, the students are supposed to be on the field. They don't have to sing it. They don't have to raise their hook and horns, but um, the last couple games players went running off the field against TCU. Chris Del Conte met with the coaches and said, Hey, are we clear on this? Uh, we need the students on the field standing as a team. Otherwise, it looks like your team is divided. Well, then they play Oklahoma four overtimes. Uh, gutsy performance from Sam Ellinger, but then he ends up in a picture basically alone on the Cotton Bowl field uh, for the eyes of Texas right after Chris Del Conte told um, all the coaches, hey, are we clear on all the students being on the field? So now the speculation is that the big money influence at Texas might be having a wandering eye as they so often do, mm-hmm. or at least they did back in 2013 when they wanted to talk to Nick Saban and push Mac Brown out the door. Uh, and so Urban Meyer, I want to, let's just start with 
when I say the name Urban Meyer, what comes to mind after your experience covering him at Ohio State? Well, uh, he's a absolute total winner. I mean, the guy is uh, voracious in his pursuit of winning, uh, voracious in his pursuit of excellence. I'm not um, his favorite, uh, nor his wife's favorite, because I knew instantly when he got into the situation with Zach Smith that he misspoke in um, the beginning stages of that whole mess uh, broken by Brett McMurphy and Brett's now with Stadium. So I don't say that about Urban uh, because, you know, I'm going to write his book or he and I go to dinner or I have, uh, you know, a table in the corner at his restaurant in Columbus anytime I want it. I just say it from looking from the outside in. He came into the Big Ten and he not only revitalized Ohio State and made Ohio State achieve at the level at which it's capable of achieving, given its um, unlimited money supply, in-state recruiting talent, um, tradition, lack of any other in-state competition for Ohio talent, national brand name that it can go out and get anybody like a J.K. Dobbins out of the state of Texas, a J.T. Barrett out of the state of Texas, a Baron Browning out of the state of Texas. Jeffrey uh, Akuda. Yeah, Jeffrey Akuda. I mean, they, they just, he, he can, Urban just maximizes in a way that no previous coach, and I'm not going to hold off on Ryan yet because, I mean, he's, he's his own man, but he's still winning with, you know, he's still carrying the baton Urban handed him. But Urban has maximized all the traits that Ohio State has to be excellent in a way that no coach ever did before. Not Woody, not Jim Tressel, not Earl, not John Cooper, not anybody. And so he's just, um, I would say he's an unrepentant winner. Uh, yeah. I, don't mean, I don't mean that, that, that you know, he'll cheat to win. I just mean this guy is tunneled in, dialed in, focused in, lasered in on winning. And wherever he goes, he will win. He, well, may, obviously, he may kill himself winning, but he will win. Right. And that's, you know, people wonder, okay, Urban, he wins. He's won national championships at his last two schools. But what's the, what's the downside? What's the cloud uh, or baggage that he brings? Well, I don't know that he brings um, a ton of baggage. I mean, I, I, I'm not um, as socially woke as a lot of people are. Uh, did he screw up with Zach Smith? Yeah, he did. He screwed up big time. I mean, he had a coach on his staff who all the logical indicators would suggest was not treating his wife the way you would want an assistant coach to treat their wife. Did Urban have a blind spot for Zach Smith? Well, of course he did. It was long before anyone knew about Zach Smith's um, reported um, erratic behavior. Um, he was the outlier on the staff. I mean, you look at the staff and everybody on there had a resume that was, you know, pretty storied. And Zach was the young coach that, why did Urban take a chance on him? Now, I mean, Zach did a really good job with recruiting and with coaching guys. Like, Zach was Mike Thomas's coach. So it's not like Zach couldn't coach, but he was Earl Bruce's grandson. And Earl and Urban, or Earl gave Urban his first job as a graduate assistant. So did Urban feel, behold, or did Urban feel beholden to Earl Bruce? Well, sure he did. And is that a factor in why Zach Smith was on staff? Well, sure it was. And there was an incident at Florida that probably should have tipped Urban to the fact that Zach was volatile and might someday come back to haunt him. And Urban nevertheless allowed Zach to stay on his staff. Uh, Brought him to Ohio State. There were warning signs at Ohio State. He didn't heed the warnings. Um, 
so I understand loyalty and I understand um, a guy occupied in Urban Meyer with things like winning. Uh, his coach's relationship with their wives has little to do with winning. So was he remiss in that area? Yes. Is that in any way excuse abiding someone who may um, dabble in domestic violence or engage in domestic violence? Absolutely not. But if you ask about baggage, that's the only thing that I see with Urban that anyone would say, well, that's a reason not to hire him. I mean, if you get upset because if you invite him to a banquet at the end of the year and he's going to come in five minutes before he's supposed to speak and he's going to leave two minutes after he speaks and he's not going to stay and glad hand a bunch of people, if that's your hangup, then don't hire him because, again, he's about winning and he's about, you know, he is about his family too. And so those kinds of things are things that, look, why would he stay around at a cocktail party in Gladhand for three hours when he could be with his wife, be with his kids, be with his grandkids? I don't blame him for that. The Zach Smith stuff, yeah, that's fair game. But otherwise, baggage-wise, I don't see anything that would bother me. So if, if Urban Meyer, and the irony, of course, is that Tom Herman helped win a national championship with Urban Meyer at Ohio State in 2014, and that is what catapulted Herman uh, to become a head coach at Houston. And of course, now, you know, and then Herman moves on to Texas. It also came up that Tom and Michelle Herman um, gave Courtney Smith some money um, to help with her ability to um, get a divorce from Zach Smith and encouraged her to come forward because apparently her own family wasn't even really receptive to to her you know outing earl bruce's um you know kinfolk uh mm-hmm. in ohio state football but your your just general thoughts when you hear that texas might be interested in urban meyer uh at least the big money influence and you know it all starts there it seems but sure. um your initial thoughts on that scenario that urban Meyer could somehow succeed Tom Herman at Texas. Well, I know that all the stuff, you know, you talked about chip with Herman and his, um, um, aid to Courtney Smith through the friendship that his uh, wife had with Courtney. Um, that's juicy stuff. I, I can guarantee you urban wouldn't take the job because it's a chance to stick it to Tom Herman. If urban would take the job, it would be because, He's got the itch to get back in, and he believes Texas has all the resources to allow him to win at an elite level. Um, would he win at an elite level there? Yeah. It's uh, the same exact situation, in my view, that he inherited at Ohio State, a program that's not maximizing its assets, um, a program that um, is a legacy program, a program located in a state capital where he could be the big dog in town but still fly under the radar. Uh, great climate. Is it a town where I could see him uh, living with uh, his family and being happy? Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, that's why I always uh, balk when I hear about the fact that he's going to Notre Dame because I just can't envision uh, his wife being happy in South Bend, Indiana at this juncture of their life. Could I envision him being happy in Austin, Texas? Absolutely. Could I envision him being happy in Los Angeles, California? Absolutely. So I think it'll get really interesting at the end of this year if Texas and USC both want to make overtures of Urban Meyer because I think he would have to be intrigued by both those jobs and the possibilities at both those jobs where both leagues are down. He could walk in there, inherit pretty good talent, 
and I think win immediately. What is Urban Meyer at Texas? It's the it's football, but it's so much more. You got to be a part time governor, and you got to massage, uh, you know, the big money guys, and make Texas fans feel like they're part of it. How how is he at all that? Well, I think it's pretty powerful when you walk into a room and you wrap three national championship rings on a table. Uh, I think that gives you some cachet that some other guys don't have. And maybe some of those guys that want to have uh, the coach, for lack of a better term, on retainer um, would perhaps have to back off a little bit in that. But Urban's not stupid. He knows the guys that make the world go round in every program. They're present at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. So he knows how, you know, to make an omelet. Uh, and he's not afraid to break some eggs. And would he put a wall around the state of Texas? I believe he would. Uh, does he understand rivalries with Texas A&M? Yeah, he absolutely would understand that because he understood that at Bowling Green, Toledo, Utah, and BYU, Florida and Florida State, and Ohio State and Michigan. And he's always done pretty well in those games. So I think that uh, – there's nothing that would tell me that if he really wants to go to Texas and he really, uh, you know, has the itch to, to coach and he's all in on it, uh, to me, that's a great place for him to land. The question I have is, what do the guys that have been with him forever, from Florida to, uh, from Utah to Florida to Ohio State, guys like his, uh, basically his GM, Mark Pantone, uh, his director of uh, football ops is right. His his basically his gopher, the guy who takes all the stuff off his plate that he doesn't want to deal with. Brian Boltolini. Uh, do those guys go with him, or do those guys, having established a life in Columbus, Ohio, working under Ryan Day, decide to stay here? I think that's a big factor in what Urban would do, and I think people undervalue that a lot. What um, what would Gene Smith say about Urban Meyer, and why do you think he? handed the keys over to Ryan Day when he did? Well, I think Gene handed the keys over to Ryan Day because Urban told him to. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Um, Gene is uh, Urban's boss in name only, was Urban's boss in name only. They both have a cordial existence. I mean, maybe even a very friendly existence, but it's because both guys know where the power really lies. And, you know, there's a trick to having power is not always exercising it. You know, Urban had the power, but he never really flexed it, but you don't have to flex it if the other guy knows you have it. So uh, Gene's a football guy himself, having played at Notre Dame. So he understands the importance of football at Ohio State emotionally, financially, and every other way. So uh, Gene would say nothing but and has said nothing but great things about Urban. And Urban's ability to surround himself with top flight coaches. I mean, I heard that it was Will Muschamp who suggested to urban hey you might want to check out this guy tom herman he gave us problems when i was at texas and he was at iowa state and that that's how that started and and boom it you know it materializes he he seems to be an incredible coach of coaches and and he can find guys who can help him get to the top yeah, I mean, it uh, depends whether you want to talk about the hits or whether you want to talk about the misses. I mean, he, Tom Herman is an absolute hit uh, from Iowa State. It always amused me when Herman was at Ohio State, and you've seen this at Texas, Chip. You know, people want to focus on, oh, the real genius isn't Mac Brown. You know, the real genius is Will Muschamp. And, 
at Ohio State, it was, well, the real genius isn't Urban, it's Tom Herman. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, you're telling me the guy with three rings is not the genius, but the guy who came from Iowa State is? Like, I just don't <laughs> buy that. And, uh, but Tom Herman was a great hire. Uh, was Tim Beck a great hire? Was Chris Ash a great hire? Um, I don't know. Was Alex Grinch a great hire two years ago when he couldn't stop anybody? Was Greg Schiano a great hire? I think Urban got away from hiring great coaches and started hiring some great friends. Now, Ryan Day is a great hire. Ryan Day is a home run hire, and Urban hired him. So uh, he's had absolute grand slam hires, but he's had a few whiffs too. And I think perhaps when you make a mistake, you learn what went into the mistake. And the mistake might involve on some of the coaches we just discussed who are not that great. And on Zach Smith, I think if there's a lesson Urban's learned or that I would hope he has learned is that loyalty is good, but loyalty can't trump everything because loyalty sometimes makes you blind to things that you should see that if you see them, you avoid problems down the road. It's interesting talking to Bruce Hooley and actually we'll, we'll take a break here on the uh, flagship interview podcast with Bruce Hooley, longtime um, well, voice on Ohio State football and reporter. He does it all. He, of course, uh, you can hear him weekday afternoons on The Answer in Columbus, 98.9, as well as the Spielman and Hooley podcast um, at SpielmanandHooley.com. Of course, that podcast with Chris Spielman, uh, the legendary Ohio State linebacker from Massillon, Ohio. I remember seeing him on the Wheaties box. We'll ask you about uh, the podcast and working with Chris Spielman here in a second when we return uh, with Bruce Hooley. Bruce, when you look at, um, you know, the Texas staff, Chris Ash is on it. Stan Drayton is on it. These are guys who coached under Urban Meyer, and it, it almost seems convenient. I mean, Mike Yurcich, who was at Ohio State yeah. last year, is on the Texas staff. What do, you, what, what do you make of the fact that there's already some urban connections there? Well, I mean, that to me is a benefit for Texas. I would assume that uh, that would give urban some comfort level with going down there. Um, again, I liken it to the Big Ten situation. When urban came into the Big Ten, the conference was down. It was made, being made fun of nationally for losing New Year's Day bowl games and bowl games and getting rolled by the SEC. He came into the league. He said, we got to do a better job across the league of recruiting and of coaching. And you look uh, at the league now, uh, Penn State's a better program. Wisconsin's a better program. Uh, Michigan State was in pretty good hands at that time with Mark D'Antonio. I think going forward, it'll be in better hands with Mel Tucker. So uh, I think Urban caused the problem they have in a league like the Big 12 or a league like the Big 10 is um, when one of the elite programs in the league starts to really recognize its potential, it forces everyone else to either raise their level of performance, invest more in their coaches, invest more in their facilities, or you just get run over. You just get steamrolled. Um, So I don't have any doubt that Urban could go into Texas and he could make Texas what Texas should be. And what it hasn't been, you know, essentially since Vince Young. Why is Urban such a good recruiter? Well, he just has it. You know, you've seen guys over the years, Chip. It can be something different. I think with Mac Brown, it was, uh, you know, kind of a folksy charm. Um, with Joe Paterno, it was, uh, you know, a wisdom. With Bear Bryant, it's like an aura. With a guy who walks into a room with Bo Schembechler, he just had 
the ability to command a room. Urban commands a room. There's no room that when Urban walks into it, the heads just don't sort of subliminally turn toward him. He has a way of like changing the balance of the weight in that room. And for whatever reason, he radiates um, enthusiasm, excitement, commitment. And he can look you in the eye and he can ask you a question and tell you he believes in you and uh, challenge you at the same time. And also, let's not overlook, you know, the obvious elephant in a room is uh, it resonates with kids when you put guys in the NFL early and high in the draft. And he has a very good record in the NFL draft. And so that is the love language of high school recruits. And he speaks it and delivers on his promises very, very well. You mentioned his wife, and obviously he's close to his family. He left Florida because of health concerns. He, he coaches himself to the brink, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think her level of uh, input would be here? And you said, obviously, it needs to be an attractive city for them to live in at this point of their lives. Yeah, and I, I, this is just purely a guess. I used to have... Um, communication with his wife some uh she's she's a nice lady and um they have a uh by all accounts a great marriage i mean i think it's awesome that a college sweethearts um have stayed married she's been a a very strong support to him they have a lovely family they're now their kids are now having kids Corey dennis ohio state's quarterback coach is urban's son-in-law he married urban's daughter so i i just from the outside looking in I cannot imagine that uh, Shelley's opinion would not matter more than anyone else's opinion to Urban. But I also believe that Shelley supports Urban in what he does. And if he would convince her that this is something he really wanted to do, I'm sure she would support him in that. When, um, when you look at, okay, let's just take USC and Texas, your guess as to which program might appeal to him more? Well, I just think they're so different, yet so similar in that both have the capacity to win national championships. Do both have the big money backers that you would need? Yes. Uh, For me, I would have to give the edge to Texas because I can just envision better the people that he would want to take with him being convinced that Austin could duplicate Columbus more than I can believe you'd want to trade a Columbus lifestyle for a Los Angeles lifestyle. And, you know, I mean, I love Columbus and I've been to Austin and it's, um, you know, it's quirkier. It's, um, but Columbus is, you know, very, um, very progressive Democrat city. It's flipped from Republican to progressive Democrat. That's kind of how I view Austin, or at least it has a strong flavor of that. So, uh, I think that Austin and Columbus are much more similar than L.A. and Columbus. I just think the ease of getting around. And also, um, USC doesn't have its own network, and Texas does. And I think that would really intrigue Urban as to what he could do if he had his own network. Yeah, we know he's comfortable on camera because he's on the Fox Big Noon kickoff show. Um, Well, Bruce, anything else as far as Urban that you think is – Interesting to note or uh, that could come into play if, again, we're in wild speculation land here today with Bruce Hooley. 
Well, it's just a matter of, you know, is he still the same guy that he was before or has this time away from coaching made him a different person? You know, you mentioned that Chris Spielman and I do a podcast together and Chris and Urban are close. None of this comes from Chris about Urban, but I look at these two guys, right? Chris was a absolutely dialed in all about winning the Super Bowl NFL player. Cared about nothing else. That was his sole focus in life. Uh, when he stepped away from the NFL because his wife got breast cancer uh, and then he got a neck injury when he tried to come back and he retired, he started doing things that other successful people do. Take vacations, go to Aspen, ski. And he was like, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. Like, I miss playing football, but I kind of like this. I like being home. I like seeing my kids. I like watching my kids play sports. I like, you know, being able to travel with my wife. Now, let's apply that to Urban Meyer. He's been out of coaching a while. He's still connected to the game somewhat. He's doing television. His, his opinion's still relevant. It's not like he doesn't get some of the same affirmation for what he's doing now that he used to get, except now he doesn't get the pressure of having to win every week. He doesn't have the, the searing disappointment of you know, a loss out of nowhere that you don't expect um, or a crushing loss in a playoff game or, uh, you know, a loss in a rivalry game. He doesn't have to deal with any of that anymore. So does he look at his life now and say, hey, this is pretty cool. You know, I got my name on a restaurant. Um, everybody in Columbus loves me. Uh, I'm nationally relevant on Fox. Does that fill his emotional bucket? Or is there this nagging vacancy that while all this stuff is good, it's not nearly as good as getting into the middle of a team culture, changing young men's lives, uh, forming, you know, the clay of a program that's gotten misshapen and is underachieving. And that pinnacle moment of lifting a crystal football on the stage, winning a national championship at a third school in a third different league. I mean, I don't know, Chip. Has anybody ever done that? They ever won a national championship at three different places? No, no, uh, no. Winning no. at Texas, Florida, and Ohio State. Uh, if he if he hungers to elevate himself, or at least put himself aside, a Nick Saban, a Bear Bryant, um, as an all as the all time greatest coach, he's already in the conversation. I'd argue he's already on the Mount Rushmore of great coaches. But it's a matter of. What's he want? Does he miss what he used to do or does he love what he's doing now? And I think that'll entirely decide what he's going to do next. You know, it, it is interesting to note, and I don't know what your thought is on this. He's represented by Trace Armstrong, who also represents Tom Herman. Um, Trace Armstrong also represented Major Applewhite when uh, Dana Holgerson ended up coming in and Trace represents Dana Holgerson. So, mm -hmm. Trace is no stranger to, you know, tricky situations. Any thoughts on, on that? Or is that just, um, just a, well, I, I don't think you can dismiss anything. I think, you know, urban, when he became the Ohio state head coach, uh, had absolutely no conversations with Gene Smith or anyone, um, working for Ohio state. I will say that he had a, he had all his courtship was behind the scenes with one very powerful uh, person in Columbus and an intermediary who communicated between the two. 
Um, so that way, Ohio State could honestly say, we never had any conversations with Urban Meyer until we had an opening. But in fact, they had all kinds of conversations through an intermediary and the deal was done before they decided to move on from Luke Fickle. So who took the place of Trestle for a year? So um, that same thing, you know, with what you're telling me about Trace Armstrong and his connections to Texas um, would certainly make it easy for that same kind of courtship to happen uh, again. All right, Bruce Hooley, and uh, check out the um, Spielman and Hooley podcast at SpielmanandHooley.com. All right, so if if people are going to tune in to the Spielman and Hooley podcast, Chris Spielman, uh, you've also done a radio show with Chris Spielman and Kirk Herbstreet, and um, what what are they going to hear? on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Yeah, we call it the We Tackle Life podcast. So we uh, primarily would appeal on the sports side to people who have an interest in Ohio teams, Browns, Bengals, Ohio State. But we also talk a lot of Big Ten college football and NFL because Chris is in an NFL game every week. So we talk a lot of NFL um, when we do the podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But at the end of every podcast, we also uh, – do a faith discussion because both uh, Chris and I are, uh, are uh, aspiring and uh, hopefully devoted Christians. And so we try to view life through the prism of our Christian faith and talk about being fathers, being husbands, and how we can uh, live to our faith in those areas. We take uh, emails and questions from people and try to uh, just be transparent with our failures and with our um, insight that we get from prayer and Bible reading and things like that. So it's clearly labeled at the end of the podcast so people can tune out of it if they want to, but if they want to dial it up, they can find it on any podcast platform, iTunes, any Google platform, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, all the same places that everybody's podcasts are released. Well, Bruce, um, and it's the Spielman and Hooley podcast at SpielmanandHooley.com. And of course, yep. uh, you can hear Bruce on The Answer, 98.9 The Answer in Columbus, uh, weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern. That is correct. Four to six central. Four to six central. That's right. That's okay. Right. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, and he's B Hools. B as in boy, H O O L Z on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yes. And one more thing, B Hools, before we let you go. Is Urban living in Columbus? Uh, he lives on the seventh hole, par five at Muirfield Village. How about that? Yeah. Dublin, Ohio, just outside Columbus. But he's got a beautiful home there. And, I'm sure he could find a beautiful home on a golf course in Austin, Texas. I've been there enough to know that that would not be a problem for him finding a similar place there. What, uh, he's got a restaurant? Yeah, it's called Urban Meyer's Pine House. There's a new big development in uh, Dublin, Ohio, uh, the suburb where Muirfield Village is located, uh, that uh, Bobby Hoying, some people might remember, former Philadelphia Eagle quarterback, former Ohio State quarterback. Bobby is a very successful real estate developer area in Dublin called Bridge Park made it into a walking community with amazing multi-million dollar bridge over the Scioto River and Urban's restaurant sits in this development uh, up high so you can overlook everything and um, his name is on the restaurant Urban Meyer's Pint, Pint House. How's the food? I've not been there yet but I hear it's uh, very good. Well there you have it. I mean folks I know you've uh, enjoyed this you probably don't want it to end. I don't either but uh Bruce has got things to do, but Bruce, it's always fun uh, to, to anytime our paths cross, it's always a, a priority for me to get your opinion on things. So um, 
really, really appreciate you joining us on the flagship podcast. Best of luck. And, uh, and let's talk soon, my friend. Thank you, Chip. Always great to be with you. All right. And thanks to everyone for listening uh, to the flagship podcast with Bruce Hooley. I am Chip Brown. And until next time, uh, stay safe and keep the faith.